Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids. You know, I always say strap it in because you have no idea what the hell you're fixing to get into. But I promise you, Miss Wendy and I have had a couple of conversations. She's funny as shit. And so she's literally a full-time fucking comedian. So if she doesn't make you piss your pants or cry once or twice through this, I'm going to be highly disappointed. So this is going to be a fun fucking episode. Um, some of her shit, uh, I'm... I'm fascinated flabbergasted by but i love that she's taking the stance and some of this stuff to put it into comedy and everything else so just hold on to your asses guys this is gonna be a good one All right, guys so this is gonna be a really fun episode i bring in wendy mayberry and i promise this will be an episode that you're going to laugh more in than probably any episode I did. We were almost in tears a couple times during this one. So really, really enjoy this. And as always, guys, this is brought to you by Point Blank Safety Services. These guys are literally changing the game for police officers and the companies that they protect, you know, in Texas, like you wouldn't believe. They literally employ off-duty police officers to protect our freeways, our offices, our, our assets, you know, anywhere where your company and your stuff needs protected, these guys can do it. They're fully um, licensed and insured. They are full police officers so they can arrest they can do more than just a regular security service so if you guys are looking for safety security you know support um, active shooter training anything like that these guys will take care of you um, and if you guys haven't checked out success champions networking and this is the new thing that we've launched with the business and it is amazing we bring together small business owners and really help them grow their business through referrals. So head on over to DonnieBovine.com backslash success champion networking and check it out. You'll be glad we did. All right, guys. I'll get ready to laugh. Here's Wendy. Miss Wendy Wade Mayberry, welcome to the show, my dear. Please Thank tell you. us your story. Hey, well, uh, like Donnie just told you, I'm Wendy Mayberry. I live in the middle of nowhere uh, in the middle of the U.S. <laughs> And after living in LA and New York, so that makes no sense, I would start doing stand-up comedy in Minneapolis, of all places. And I am a mom, a single mom of a little six-year-old who won't wear clothes. Right now, he's wearing a blanket with a hole cut in it. Um, oh, I still wear that from time to time. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. I mean, I live in the country. Nobody can see me, so. Tell you what, this pandemic, I don't know if I'm ever going to get him in pants again. This could be a no <laughs> He's going to be the next generation of at-home entrepreneurs just building a life where he never has to wear pants. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's like all the Zoom calls now, though, right? For sure. I, I mean, mean, I'm not wearing pants at the moment, so. Well, that makes me more excited to be here. You've, <laughs> you've overestimated my contribution. To the so, anyway, but yeah, I'm a stand-up comic, and I'm a single mom, and I just was doing great, and then the pandemic happened. And I'm kidding, it's fine. And I have an album coming out. So that's my big exciting reason to talk to you guys. I finally, after seven years of being a stand-up comedian, I signed a record deal and 
this album's been kind of years in the making and I'm really psyched that it is finally getting burst. Um, all right, so you live in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where is that? I live in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, which is- Oh, you could have just said Wisconsin. I don't even know why yeah, people live there. Very, like, it's, you know what? There's a lot of, uh, a lot of land. Anyway, it's, it's like, no, I, my family's from Alabama, and I didn't realize that there were rednecks all over the U.S. Oh, yeah, and, dude. My, oh, totally. My, my favorite was finding out that there's rednecks in New York. You know, because when you think of New York, you're like the big city, the big app. Oh. I'm like, no, 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 go upstate. Go upstate. They don't have yep. teeth up there. Um, no, and then <laughs> Maine. Have you been to Maine? Maine is Alabama of the north. Oh, really? Maine, oh, my God. Maine is out there. And Maine people love that they're crazy. Well, because, like, like, my hometown – you put everybody together in one room and you'll have a full set of teeth. So yeah, you know, that's right. That's how country we are. <laughs> you know um, what? I'm so dumb. Cause I did a show not too long ago in Minnesota and this guy was smirking. He was just sort of like, like, you know, no teeth. He's like, hmm, that's adorable. And I said, Hey bud, you got teeth. Go ahead. You're young. I said, you're young. <laughs> Go ahead and smile. You still got teeth. No, did not have any of the teeth. <laughs> not really stupid. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Alabama North. I get it now. So. <laughs> How do you feel when you call somebody out? You're like, oh, this is a good one. This would be a nice compliment. Oh, yeah, no. God, I felt really stupid. He laughed. He knew. He knew from the minute I looked at him and started started to heckle him. He was like, oh, this is going to be good when I reveal. <laughs> I'm just dumb. <laughs> I don't know if that's called a reveal. I mean. <laughs> God, God. You know, my grandpa said you don't know how good oral sex can be so you can pop your teeth out. So maybe he's living his best life. <laughs> <laughs> he, my grandfather said that at Thanksgiving, I swear to God, which is why people always say like, did you know you were funny? I'm like, no, everyone in my family is crazy. I thought <laughs> that I was normal. I didn't realize, but when you're around other people, I'm like, oh, we're all pretty funny. That I, 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 well, you know what? I have a life goal now. So I, I, one day I'll know what oral sex is like without teeth in. I mean, you know, that, that. teeth out, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like my mom and dad. Whenever my brother and I leave the house, my dad will go, "Pop out the rubber sheets in the Crisco. Here we go." And I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, why?" Because when you're old, if you can slide a little bit, it gives you a running start. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. no. Oh, dude, you would so fit in with my family so well. Um, oh. um, uh, we drive my wife a little bonkers because I'm assuming your family's very similar. It never stops. No. There's, there's, there's no off switch. No. And, and give somebody new that's never been introduced to the family, and then oh. all the old jokes come back, right? <laughs> you have to, it's like you initiate them. We actually have a family joke, and I'm going to try to describe it on your podcast, but um, you might have to visualize. So what we do as a family to every new person, and this is awful, probably. We're terrible people. Somebody will... <laughs> So my, I had an uncle who was a magician and he used to always like, oh, you want to see some tricks? And he would do a couple tricks to make you feel safe, like nothing was going to happen to you. And then he would say, oh, you want to try one? And the new person always says, sure, right? And he does this one where, have you ever seen this? You have someone lean way back and put a quarter on their forehead. And they put the cone. Yes. And then you yeah. wet their pants. Yes. Then, what, what's so amazing about that, about my family is somebody will go get a drink of water and just happen to walk by somebody else. Like they all work together. It's like it's all skidded out. <laughs> and then the new person's like, oh, Wendy was thirsty and someone got a paper and this is all just happening. And then I'll wet <laughs> my pants. It's, uh, we yeah. haven't gone to that extreme yet, but I, I like the challenge though. It's pretty um, fun. Get your kids in on it. It could be a new tradition. Know. Well, it's interesting. So like my brother has three girls, you know, and, you know, some of them are at that dating age and whatnot, you know, uh, and we always tell them, you know, it's like proving ground yep. is if they can survive an afternoon with us, 
you know, then they got a shot. And there's been a couple of guys they brought around that were ready to leave in about an hour. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're just, it's, we're ruthless and cutthroat because that's how we are naturally. And there's nothing off limits, you know. So when, when, when you're around our family, it, it's, it's, if, dude, you pray to God. You don't have a bad hair day. You don't have like a mole pop up on your face. You know, you've put on a few pounds because it's going to get called out. You know. love. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because not all families are like that. I went home for Thanksgiving with my college roommates and they were Italian from Jersey. And you would think that they had a, they do have a similar thing. But anyway, at one point her grandfather yelled, let Next time, bring someone home from the deaf and blind school. Jesus. Like, that, <laughs> that was too much for him. Too much, too early. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the ultimate compliments. You were actually so much that they would rather have a deaf-blind person there. That's yeah, rough. Totally. They still talk about it. I actually, she, I was in New York this this winter for work, and she actually drove up from D.C. with one of her daughters because I had a free hotel room. I'm like, come stay with me, and we'll spend the weekend. And she said, do you remember my grandfather? And I'm like, oh, yes, I very much do remember. Him. Not forgetting that one. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the best slams anyone's ever done. And he did it, so he just screamed it to the whole room, like, get this girl to shut up. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I feel old, like that. Go ahead. Was like, how old were you when that happened? I'm just curious. It was college, so 19 or 18 or something like that. Yeah, all right, all right. I can see that. I'm old enough to probably know that people were rolling their eyes and I should shut up. But I, <laughs> I don't have a filter sometimes. That like, I live in a world where I'm right. And I do shit and imagine, like, oh, that's just the way. So I stole a car last year. And um, because what happened was I was I was traveling for work, rented a car, got that Canes. You drink, you eat Canes, you know. Yeah, canes. yeah, the chicken okay, place. Sweet tea, hello. So got me some Canes, landed in New Orleans, and drank the the sweet tea, and then didn't finish it. Drove to the hotel, got out. Next day, called down the valet for my car, walked out, and it was right there. And I'm like, hell yeah! So I jumped in the car and drove off. And then an hour and a half later, I got this like inkling like I was thirsty. So I reached for the cup, put it in my mouth, and the straw was chewed. Oh. And I don't chew my straw. So my brain should have said, you are making a mistake. But I live in a world where I'm like, oh, huh, weird. Sucked in the liquid. Now, you know, in the South, that could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's probably somebody's spit chew. Exactly, exactly. Luckily, it was just Dr. Pepper. And I'm like, oh, and then I looked up and there was a skylight. I don't have a sky, a main moonroof in my car that I rented, did not have that. And this car had the wrong amount of doors. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, whose car is this? Not like, hey, you stole the wrong car. I suddenly thought, who gave me the wrong car? <laughs> You know, that's a bad mindset. Like, I've really had to check myself. So I drove back. At that point, I'm convinced the police are after me. because like half a tank of gas is gone, you know. I drove back to the hotel, see the little valet dude. I'm like, you gave me the wrong car. He goes, you jumped in a car, lady. And I said, you didn't stop me. And he goes, you can't stop a middle-aged white woman on a mission. <laughs> and I'm like, I could see where I totally Karen that, where he was like, I'm not getting in the way of Karen on her, like, car stealing, Roma Springer, Thelma and Louise moment. She'll be back. And I'm on on so top that she's a ginger. I mean, yeah. that's like the icing on the cake for her. Oh, so. yeah. Don't argue with me. Let no. me try. So anyway, he, yeah, I didn't, nobody got in trouble, but um, I couldn't believe I did it. I'm like, where? Did the people know that you ended up in their car? So I don't, he said he would get fired if they found out about that. So it actually was missing half a tank of gas, had a lot of miles on it. And then just to spice it up, I threw a pair of underwear in the back seat and thought, <laughs> let it be a mystery. And I left the drink, which in the, in the COVID-19 days is really very, um, 
not good from a germ perspective. But yeah, no, I mean, you, you have like leprosy or something now. Probably. I mean, <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun for them to get in the car and go, where'd half the tank of gas go? And if they're married, whose underwear is that? I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Let's turn up your vacation a notch. So I don't, Especially I don't, like just throwing a grenade and walking away. I mean. Uh, yep. Yeah, we kind of do that around here. <laughs> I, hope, I hope to God no one had a big problem. Now that I'm sitting and talking to you about it, I'm thinking the other side of them going, and so he snuck out in the middle of the night and there was underwear. <laughs> or, you know, my head would have been was, what the hell were the valets doing in my car? Yeah. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I mean, I know what I would do in certain cars if I were ever in a valet. I'm like, the rental. I got a Maserati or whatever. Hey. You know, Air schoolers day off, baby. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, that whole rolling the tires backwards doesn't do shit, but we found that out because of the movie. That was you a know. good movie. Do you like that movie? You know, it's never really been my favorite, mainly because I hate the principal. He drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, but every time I see him, I pictured that Howard the Duck movie, which is like the worst movie of all time. I that one, yeah. Um, and, and so, no, it's never really been my thing because it's just so unbelievable. Yeah, don't you think that movies have to hit you at the right age? They really yeah, don't. You just yeah. Or window on them. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 100 with you. I mean, um, give me some, like some old school Goonies, or you oh, know. Awesome. Um, now, here's my, my question about Goonies. Did you believe as a kid after watching Goonies that one day you were gonna find this map and just have this insane, awesome adventure? Oh fuck yes! Like, I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, wasn't that well, the most disappointing part of childhood? <laughs> yeah, 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 but but the flip side of that is The Outsiders was my other favorite movie, oh, and yeah. you know I was going to be a greaser when I grew up. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. uh, put me in the tough guy kids and you know leather jackets, and that was going to be my world. You know, so so I was either going to be a pirate or a greaser. You know, so and then you became a marine. So that's yeah, I became a marine. So it was kind of a combination of both. Childhood dream, right there. You need to write that part down. That should come back out at some point. Yes, totally, totally. I like that. that that's going to be a blog post or something. Right. So. How your childhood movies influence your future career. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, dude, I'm actually writing that down. Where's Laura DeFranco? I need you right now to write this shit down so we can turn this into a blog. She's amazing. So, Is that you ever, for your team? Yeah, well, she runs her own companies, but she does a lot of writing for me. So um, I, I'm really good at collecting just some people that are just badasses at what they do. So um, she helped me write my book. And, and how we wrote the book is I literally sat and because I suck at writing. I mean, if you follow my social media and everything else, I have like the grammar skills of a three-year-old. And I, commas are overrated. I don't even understand them. <laughs> you know, and why the fuck would you have a comma, you know, a comma with a little dot above it? I, I or, or two dots what the what fuck you, yeah you don't even I, just read the fucking thing and so so i knew that going into it so when laura and i partnered up on on doing the book i sat and recorded all the audio had it transcribed by some programs she then came and cleaned it all up and most people that work with me love to write for me because you're the only person i can write fight the fuck in a book and get away with it i'm like yeah right but that's how i talk all the time you know so. you, you nailed it that's such a great it's so here's one of my major things i really feel like you have to lean into your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses and if you can just have enough self-awareness to go if i just have someone that's a genius at this and stay out of their way we can both get to greatness yeah i think that's so so clever what you just talked about because i feel like my zone of genius is standing in front of your people and making them laugh and unifying them making them feel really special and like 
you know, kind of, I want people to leave a comedy show having sex that night, for sure. Like, you should, <laughs> self-esteem should be elevated. You Dude, if you can get me to laugh hard enough to, to have sex that night, I'm in. I mean. That's my thing. I don't want, because here's the deal. If you go like, wow, we got laid after we went to comedy, then you're going to spend more money doing stand-up comedy, right? Like, you're going to come back and do that again. So some comedians get on stage to talk about everything's gross and relationships suck. And people, and then you just feel like, as a woman, you sit there going, oh, man, all my parts are gross. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, then you just, and I want everyone to feel, like, awesome. So, But my zone of genius is not Excel spreadsheets or budgeting or, like, any of that business. So that, like, I have to lean on people who are smarter than me in those areas. Well, and, and I think it's so genius because, like, the number two in my company is a guy named Kevin Snow. And, and before Kevin came on board, man, I'm a sales guy. Operations is not my thing. Yep. You put me in, and I tell people, if you could put me in a situation where I have to make a sale in the middle of like Dallas Cowboy Stadium with millions of people watching me, I'm going to close that deal. Right. And, and just because that's my DNA. And uh, even though I, I don't ever want to close out a sale like that, but, but I could, right? And, and one of the reasons I ran my company in the ground is because I can't do operations. I don't understand it. it does, my, my brain doesn't wrap around it. Fuck, don't throw accounting in the mix either. And, and, but Kevin came on board and he started automating all my stuff. He's like, dude, you know, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And, and fuck, now the only thing that I was doing was being out front, being the face of the company, which I'm really good at shit night became you know business became night and day and and the, he's also another he, he writes a lot of my emails for me i give him kind of a bullet outline so he thinks that, but he's like dude you're one of the favorite people to write for because i can say fucking an email <laughs> i'm like you know and, and i think two things on that for people is find the people that totally geek out on what they love to do that you suck yeah. at yeah and find people that are already fans of your shit yep. so like both of these two people they were into my story, my brand, and everything that I was doing out there. So it made it very, very awesome. Yeah, because they got you yeah. right away. That's such a, that's, I love it. That's such a really big deal. And I think people don't think enough about your brand voice. And one thing that frustrates me with corporates is they're always so worried that, that someone's going to be upset or offended. But the truth is you have to attract and repel. You have to push people away from you that you don't want as fans. And then people will really dig you that love you because there's, there's millions of people out there. You don't need everybody. Yep. You want people to be right. You don't want to be lukewarm. You don't want people to be like, oh, that, mm. you really want to inspire some, some passionate love and some people who are like, look, like that. Well, you know, you know? I love that. And, and I want to hear how you, how you do that because I've got a trick every time I get on stage that I can split the audience instantly. And it works oh, really? Yeah. So I walk up on stage and, Usually I'm either, you know, right before the keynote, keynote, you know, um, sure. and I always come with a warning label. Awesome. Like, okay, let me tell you about Donnie before he gets on stage. And so I'll walk out on stage and I say one phrase and I can split the audience really quickly. And I, I look at the audience and I'm like, where are all my fucking badasses at? Oh, hilarious. And then instantly yeah. the people that are going to be into my brand, they, you can see them, man. They're all like cheering. And, and yeah. then you get the little stoic grandma types that are like, oh, he just said fucking badass. Right. And, and they're already checked out. And then I know where to focus my time and energy um, on, on those people. Now, I do convert some of the people that do come around, you know, because of the passion yeah. and everything else. But I don't care about them. I want the people that are instantly connected with how I communicate. But actually, it's interesting because that phrase, you are, you are attracting action takers. Yes. 
people who instantly know, yeah, that dude. But a lot of people are processors. They do not instantly know that. And that's why you get those people at the back end who after watching you for a while, are like, oh yeah, I'm on board. But they're not the people who would stand up and go, badass. Yes. It's really interesting because the people who are action takers are way more likely to buy whatever the hell you're selling them, which is why you probably lean into them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and it, force i you know i just don't have time for people who can't make a decision right or people who can't take action you know and 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 you know you'll see me in company meetings and whatnot and somebody's like well well i'm like fuck it no we're going this direction just jump on let's go you know which gets me in a lot of trouble don't get me wrong um because i do break a lot of things now that is really guys this is so real life <laughs> her son just walked in the background he's a cute little ginger too <laughs> uh, what's up buddy yes you can have a cinnamon roll because um i just cooked cinnamon rolls right before the podcast started to try and keep them upstairs but they were really hot which i didn't plan on coming down and check, like can i eat them now I'm like yeah so yes. I'm really the and then he knocked down, I had this really nice scrim to make the lighting better for Donnie. She'd be more impressed with me looking good. And he knocked it all down. He's like, here's my mom with her awful wrinkles. I need my food. Yeah, make sure we circle back to how you, you get your people to stand up. But I want to talk to that really quick is I put out a post uh, on, on LinkedIn that I said, you know, what I love right now is everybody's equal. Right. Everybody's home during this COVID time. They're on Zoom. You know, you got CEOs doing things like that. The the kids are walking in the background, you know. Uh they're forgetting their cameras are on and walking and they're standing up and only have boxers on, you know, and all this stupid shit is, is love it. and I love it because people are starting to meet each other for the first time. And they may have been working together for ten or twenty years. You know, but now that that home has become the office, they're, they're, they are forced to show up authentically. I hope it holds. You know, you I know, really... I do too because it's been really, I mean, we, we had some something the other day I was on a Zoom call and they were like, you know, 10% of your call is looking at people's back, like their backgrounds, like, oh, what do you know, <laughs> where are they? And what life do they have? Where do they live? And how much money do they make? To make right. House? Like, so I, I think the authenticity part though, there are people who are super uncomfortable. So one of my favorite stories ever was I worked for a big company for a long time and the VP of, I guess she was like VP of customer engagement or whatever, always hot, hot, always wore great clothes, hair always looked amazing, makeup always looked amazing, four inch heels. She was just, always looked like she walked out of a magazine on how to be a badass, be in the world or whatever. And um, we had to go on a camping trip, a company mandatory camping deal to team build, right? And we're, we're parked in the parking lot and we're walking to the cabin and she's tromping through mud in four inch heels, dragging like a loop. And I looked at her and said, what are you doing? And she said, she lost her clothes. This is who I am. This is who I am. I can't do camping. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh my God, this is my favorite moment. Cause I have spent all our working relationship always feeling inferior to how she shows up every day. And then I realized for her, it was super insecure. She needed every level. Yep every layer of that outfit in order to be that person. And she couldn't do it without it. She couldn't show up without all of those elements to prove to herself that she was in charge. Yeah, and that, like, wow, that, that is cool. so amazing. I mean, I remember going into Marine Corps boot camp and my yeah. brother had gone through the Marines, you know, or I was still in the Marines when I joined, he did 24 years and I only did four, but um, uh, in going for, for boot camp, he called me up and he said, Hey, look, I want you to remember one thing. These guys put your, their pants on the same way you do one at a leg at a time. His other running phrase is, don't worry, they're going to get up and take a massive shit in the morning too. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> right. I call it a, a wicked growler. Someone's <laughs> <a> wicked growler. <laughs> 
know, and and it was interesting. You know, I ended up getting hurt in boot camp and I'm spending more time there. But when that happened, I went to this medical platoon to kind of rehab before I go back through boot camp. And when I did, they weren't allowed to yell and scream at you and do all the shit they were supposed to. They were supposed to keep it a little bit more mellow. And it's when I first time I saw these drill instructors is like, okay, this is a regular dude. You know, he's yeah. going to go home to his wife and kids and, and all instantly boot camp became easy. Well, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they were, they were human at that point. So yeah. I love it when this moment, I love that story about that gal because you're hundred percent right is she needed people looking at her going, God, you've got your shit together. And we all know that the 10 on a one to 10 scale are usually batshit crazy anyways. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. Uh, not that my wife's not a 10, but that, you know, this guys always marry an eight. They'll become you, a 10. Have you seen the hot toy crazy matrix? Of course. Oh yeah, dude. It's funny as shit ever. That whole that video. Redhead. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hair, girls named Tiffany. Yeah, it's true. But they do. Uh, well, I love that you said that, but that the authenticity piece is so clever. Cause I feel like if you can just be real for a minute, like you just said, then people can relate to you. And, and a lot of people have inks like, the guy that I'm seeing, if he if vulnerability is a fear for him. Yeah. It's it's a very big fear for him to feel vulnerable or not together or unbuttoned or whatever, which I live in that world. That is my <laughs> wheelhouse. <laughs> you know, it's like I actually joke and tell people when I, I used to photograph seniors in high school and I would tell them this story to make them feel more comfortable. I would say, Oh, do you feel awkward at school? You feel like it's a dorky and they go, Oh, I don't fit in. I'm like, wait, let's hold my beer. Here's what happened to me. And um, I tell him this story and he's always like, why do you tell stories where you look like an idiot? I'm like, because mm. then everybody else feels like, oh my God, I'm cooler than that girl. And it raises their self-esteem. And when their self-esteem is raised then I can get in, you know, like that's, it's a weird tactic. That is so, I, I, I use the same fucking strategy it, because, because, I don't know. Growing up, I used to go to like the self-help, you know, seminars and, and motivational speaking and all this shit, or even sales training or whatever. And the person on the stage, I would find myself like in awe, like I could never be that. I could never do that. Right? There was this huge separation because sure. they were put together, right? They would sold millions of dollars that, you know, they're always that story. And there was a portion of my life where I was speaking on stage is trying to emulate that, right? My shit's put together. Don't, don't ask me questions because I'm the expert. You, you know, I'm the guru. You shouldn't, you know, and then somewhere along the way, I realized, fuck, dude, you are not getting people. You're not connecting. You're not teaching. You're not helping. You're not doing anything because you're more worried about how they see you versus how you fucking show up. And so it's, it's yeah. been an interesting thing when you're like, well, let me tell you how I fucked all this up. Yes, because, yeah, because then the other thing, too, is that then you are you. The, the only thing that you have in the world to offer is the dawniness yep. of you. And if you're trying to be Tony or somebody else, you know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work for you. You don't banana hands. Like, you don't have those big paws like Tony Robbins or whoever your person is, you know. And so I Dude, think his hands are like the size of a small <laughs> child. <laughs> I just love when he was in, was it Shallow Hal? Yes. And, whatever banana hands and I'm like every time I see him now I think of bananas <laughs> you know, but anyway. the, inter the interesting thing about that as well is so many people are showing up in their careers or life and everything else they're one person at work and they're another person yes, at home 100%. you know and it drives me nuts and 
I get it because there was a time in my life where, you know, dude, I grew up on a farm. I was a Marine. I cussed like a sailor. I drank like a fish because I was a bartender and a Marine. Sure. You know, I always thought, man, fuck, if anybody ever met that guy, they would never do business with him. You well, know? I've been struggling with that. That's actually really, I love that we're talking about this because let's have, I, I love to hear what you think about this. I struggle with that because I have corporate clients and this album is coming out. And one of my liaisons is very worried that when the album comes out, especially there's that track that um, I'll tell you about in a minute, that um, is being animated by an Academy Award nominated animator, animator. And so he has a huge following. And when that comes out, all those people are gonna see it. So my visibility goes way up for this secret, super secret thing I've been doing on the side for years and years, which they knew when they hired me that I did. And I think my clients like it, but the, the, the liaison feels very worried about it. They're more of a person like you that would sit back and go, I don't know about being a badass. I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, and so, one thing that's it's concerning me is that showing up authentically because I feel like people get it, but I don't know that companies always get it. There's I used to be 310 pounds and I lost 40 pounds, felt really good about my self-esteem, looked on lanebryant.com and saw this bathing suit. And I thought, oh, wow, I think I would look really good in a bathing suit. I've lost 40 pounds. So I went to Lane Bryant and tried on the suit and I looked like a buoy. Like I looked <laughs> like, like there was a color, there was a whole stripe of color missing underneath my front gut. Like it was the worst you've ever seen. And so I took a picture in the Lane Bryant dressing room and put a picture of the ad on the website and then me and put nailed it, you know that. And I blocked out my eyes and it, it went around the internet apparently. Well, I was at a party a year or so ago and now I've lost a bunch of weight. I've lost 160 pounds since then. Although I think COVID-19 has put on maybe 20. But like, The COVID-20 is a real thing. Oh my God, dude. It's, <laughs> I need to eat all the things. Anyway, so it came back up in, an, in, a, in a happy hour. I was with some clients and someone said, oh my gosh, did you, this was you, right? And I laughed and I said, yes, because to me, that story of the bathing suit is part of my journey of losing all this weight. I got in so much trouble. They were like, I heard that there were pictures of you in a bathing suit being circulated around at a at a happy hour. And I'm like, yeah, when I was like When you say you got in trouble, what does that mean? I got a talking to. I got a you don't have professional polish. You need to be more concerned. You need to separate your social media life from your work life. It's inappropriate that you were looking oh, at I'm in. No, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Talking. So do you want to be corporate polished? Or do you want to go build a fucking lifestyle, a brand, and go fucking massive? Well, you know what I would like to do, Donnie. But the reality of being a single mom is we have a house over, we have a roof over our house. Okay. So my goal right now is to try and go as hard as I can to not have to listen to people like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, half of my listeners right now, earmuffs. The other okay. half, listen to fuck up. Fuck them. Yeah. And go. And, and here's why is for 20 years of my sales career, I was trying to be corporate Donnie. And even now with my brand, as big as and crazy as I am and loud and bad at, I still get people coming up to me like, dude, you, your business would skyrocket so much more if you would stop cussing. I'm like, yeah, but that's not me. And, I'm, and my entire message is show up as you, right? Yeah. Be the champion in your success by fucking being you. I can't do that and not cuss. Because there's a big difference, and, and this is why I so appreciate Gary Vee and how loud he's gone. Me too. You know, um, and even like Jen Sincero with her the whole line of how to, you're, you're a badass and you're a badass at making money, right? And here's the thing. Being unapologetically you is the only way you create champions. Yeah. And champions are people that are out there 
talking about you, telling the world about your story, introducing people to you, and it's because you always show up as you. You will never build that brand and that lifestyle by keeping one foot on first base. I know. I think this might be my burn the boat moment. Because like you have to just have no way back. Yeah, I mean, because, because if you don't, you'll only be 50% in the game. Yeah, and then who wants that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and now look, I get it. It's scary. This is when I started my company, I went from almost a seven figure income, buying out the, the whole franchise and the whole nine yards to nothing yeah. in 15 days. And, and I immediately came out in the marketplace and I said, y'all are badasses. Let's go fucking kick some ass. And dude, you should have seen corporate America. They're like, what the hell are you saying? Of course they wouldn't say fuck. You know, yeah. they, what the hell, how you can't well, do this. Thing is slightly off brand. Yeah. 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 And, and at that point for me, it was like, fuck them. I don't, I'm, I'm out of that space. I'm out of that world. Now I will be fully transparent. It was tough. I mean, my business trying to really get it off the ground fucking was one of the most toughest things I've ever done in my life because I had so much to learn about being a business owner. But I, I, that process is truly how I finally met me. Right. And I, how I finally came face to face because I had no choice but to keep plowing forward because two things, there's no one else left to blame. Yeah. That's right. Sure. And you have to keep taking action because you see it all, you know? And, and so, so when the world is on you, scary shit happens, but some really cool shit happens. I mean, everybody's listened to the shows, heard this, but I almost lost our entire farm, two houses on the property. We almost lost everything in this process of figuring it all out. And yes, it's fucking scary. But I also love to tell everybody I didn't lose it all. I stayed in the game. I kept fighting and I kept going. So for me, fuck them, burn the bridges, run like hell. Because if, if you don't, I think you're going to miss a huge opportunity to meet you in a whole different level. I'm, uh, that's the path we're on. I just, I'm in the moment and maybe people can identify with this, that moment of like, oh God, it's like, <laughs> have you ever been on a zip line? where your brain is saying you're going to drop like a rock and your heart is like, no, no, if you hold on to this spring, you're going to fly. And you're like, you, it takes so much convincing against your gut of like, you're going to die to just fucking stand, step off and fly. And, and that's the difference between the 1% in the world. Yeah. Is, yeah. is, and even inside that 1% that actually have the guts to make the fucking leap, it's a small percentage of those that actually fucking make it. Right. Because they keep pushing forward. So um, I will also tell you that fear, it's a justified fucking fear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a real thing. I mean, that all everything could fucking go kaput. It's a real thing. But it's how much you're willing to bet on yourself and say, you know what? Every situation I've gotten to my life, I've figured it out. I've gotten past. I've continued to push forward. And oh, look, I'm fucking here. I mean, I did some stupid shit as a kid, some shit that I probably should have ended up in prison. And I made some stupid decisions along the way, right? But I'm still here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm still fighting and still figuring it out. And, you know, uh, when you go all in, man. Well, yeah, I'm excited. I've had moments before. I actually got in trouble when I, uh, <laughs> the vagina song that uh, yeah. I 
talking about. The first time I ever did it in front of an audience was because I was at a company meeting. I used to work for a big company called Life Touch. Actually, they photograph little kids in churches and schools. <laughs> the president of the company said to me, he knew I was doing stand-up. He's really, so here's the deal. When you are the multi-million dollar president of a company, the consequences for you stepping out of the line, meh. Everyone yeah. goes, like, oh, it'd be great if you wouldn't do that anymore. And you go, eh, right? But when you're the peon, like I was, you get in deep crap or doing shit. So we were having this big dinner for award winners, and the president of the company got up, and he said, you know who likes to put people on the spot is Wendy Mayberry. Let's get her up here and have her do some stand-up. Now, I do not like to put people on the spot. Yeah. on the spot and have her do stand-up. Now, I know enough now to know that when corporates actually do stand-up and they say, oh, we can handle it. Just be, they cannot no. handle it at all, um, ever. And uh, so I got up there and told the vagina song, which to be fair, all humans in the world are here because of a vagina. It's a <laughs> clinical term. It's not pussy. It's not, right? pussy. it's vagina. That's a, that's okay. Anyway, uh, and so I actually got a call to HR the next day and said, we don't want you to ever say vagina at work again. <laughs> like, well, first of all, on the way to the HR, which now you feel like a dog being drugged to the pound. Right. Like, or the pound They're like we need to see you in hr and that walk is like the longest walk and were people in the hallway is that's the vagina gal yeah i, I was definitely it was out it was out you know and then the, the president actually passed me on the way in and he said ah screw them they've got no sense of humor and i went oh that whole gay i cried i cried and then the lady the, the vp of hr said we'll leave this off your permanent record the, okay, can we talk about permanent records for a second? What the <laughs> yeah. hell? How are we still using that to hold over the adults? Dude, that is a made up stupid thing. Well, and corporate it. America hasn't changed in a bajillion years. No. I mean, it's you walk into any corporate office damn near, and it's like walking into a 1940s movie or 1950s yes. movie. You know? We are um, raised good minions. We want you to be a good minion. Yeah, yeah, and... It was interesting. And so I listened to a podcast called Work Life with Adam Grant. Phenomenal fucking podcast. I just love the way he thinks. And the episode I just listened to, and he's talking specifically about this. As a middle manager, you know, your path to success is shutting up and falling in line. Yes. Right? That's the fastest way to get anywhere you want in corporate America, right? And I hadn't thought about it until he said that. I'm like, oh, that's fucking true, right? So so the the fact that you would get up on stage at a corporate event like that, you know, one, their fault. They yeah. pulled you up unprepped, you know. And I was a new comic. I didn't know what I was doing. They yeah. Not well, either either way, they, they were dumb for making the ask in the first place. Yeah. But you know, you know what's funny is uh, you are right. It's getting people quiet and getting them in line. And this is what's interesting about school. So my first degree was in teaching because when I was a kid, no one ever said, I knew I wanted to be in front of people talking every day. And the only job I knew of to do that was a teacher. Like mm. that was, a, I, nobody said be a stand-up comedian. So I got a teaching degree and I was always, a, I was a bad kid because I talked all the time in school. I never shut up. Nobody ever said, hey, be a speaker for a living. And so anyway, in the school, in the classrooms in education in college, they said, how many of you have been punished in the classroom? And I, I'm like, ding, you know, me. <laughs> right. <laughs> all the time. Name on the board, check next to the name, principal's office, all the shit. I've, everyone's tried everything. I was the only one because the only people that want to be teachers are people who are really good students. And the only people who are good students are people who shut up and do their work and they're yep. neat. They're literally that kind of personality you just talked about again, that don't raise their hand, that think logically, that aren't impulsive. They have great, and those people are the ones 
like that are forming the kids. And the problem with those people, they they're lack wonderful, of lovely, adorable All people. the amazing jobs it's, in the world that you could probably do with your unique personality. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about that, I, I love, and this just popped my head, is all the people that have found some massive success in this world are all the people that didn't fall in line in school. Yes. Bill they're Gates. the fuck-ups. Yes, Mark Zuckerberg. Yep. Everybody, uh, what's his name? Mark Cuban. All the people that you look and think like, oh, that guy is so BA and does whatever the fuck he wants. They always did that. And their parents probably hated him for it. Like my boyfriend's little daughter has such a strong personality and we laugh about it because it makes her a very difficult child, but she's going to be a badass woman. Yes. So we don't want to crush it, even though it's annoying as hell right now. Cause like, just could you fucking shut up and eat dinner? She's <laughs> always, you know, she Wait, won't. was he talking to you or her? <laughs> uh, well, I, you know what's so funny is I get her. I look at her and go, "Oh, I was there, sister." She's always negotiating, always finding like the the word trick, and she'll always find a way. She's I'm like, "You're gonna be a lawyer." She's got a <laughs> so she always bitches that she doesn't have enough, and so I try to always. Fr- this is a one of my life tips for people. I always try when talking about children to frame your complaint in the form of a positive, because the reality is if they can turn the flaws into positives, they will be a badass. So instead of telling your kids you're, you're nosy, they're curious. See, that's, they're that's, that's, that's a really, really interesting thing. And, and I always struggle talking about kids only because I don't have any, right? So I got nieces yeah. and nephews and I'm usually the pretty cool uncle they come to and talk about anything. And, you know, I'm always of the mind of respect what your mom and dad say, right? You know, you're still living under their house, but always keep one foot on the fucking edge. Yeah, you know. well, you can, so that is, it's what you're talking about is a life skill, because it is important to be respectful of people that deserve respect. So the thing you're teaching the kid is, is, hey, when to shut up and when to speak up. And that is a life skill. Yeah. But crushing the thoughts is not good. You know, like you're allowed to have the thoughts. You're not allowed to always say them. So with my son with bad words, because mommy says all kinds of shit on, he hears me do stand up. I mean, now I've been doing all my shows at home and I can hear him giggling sometimes. I'm like, oh, you know, so the other day. <laughs> How old yeah, is he? He's in kindergarten. Oh, he dude, I can't wait to look like the first day of back to school. It's going to be Vagina, wild. vagina, vagina. <laughs> my mom has a vagina and the doctor pushed me back inside of her. Anyway, really mad. So uh, the other day, one day he came home when he was still in school and he came home and said shit and I went Grayson what are the rules and he said not in front of other adults not in school I'm like there you go that is literally the rules if you cannot say the bad words at school and not in front of other adults you can say them on your your park outside by yourself in the bathroom in your bedroom but it's like it's like touching yourself in the bathroom in your bedroom you can allow to touch yourself It's all, it's all about learning like where you should be doing those things. Not the you should, no, you're bad for wanting to touch yourself or you're bad for saying shit. It's this is where you say it. That's well, my job. Yeah. And, you know, and the flip side of all this in defense of parents themselves is they don't know any better. Oh, absolutely. You're only as good as the parents you had. Absolutely. And your ability as an adult to relearn shit. If you just, that's the key of like, oh, my parents beat me and I'm fine. You might want to look at yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Because you, and I don't, but I think part of it too is that's such a complicated story. Holy cow. I heard one time when I was in my twenties, you have to kill your parents. And the idea is you have to kill your parents is the idea that they were this perfect person that had all the answers. Because in reality, they were just another human doing the best they could with what they knew at the time. And when you realize that it gives you a lot of forgiveness, it gives you a lot of grace and it gives you a lot of like, Hey, they didn't know shit. Maybe they, they only had this level of education. They've never been in my situation. I love my mother, but she never went to college. She's yeah. never supported herself. 
she's been married. She got married when she was 18. Well, yeah, I think for me, my eye-opening moment with my parents is when my mom told me that, you know, when her and dad got married, they got married at 18, they were both really young, and, you know, she didn't know what a checkbook was. Yes. You know, her mom had never taught her about anything financing and accounting, so she had to learn all that shit on her own, you know, yeah. and and so mom was hellfire and brimstone as the kids, that we, as the boys, we knew how to do laundry, we knew how to clean up the house, we knew how to cook food, you know, she was a lousy cook. Um you know, we had to learn all this stuff and it was her, and I think most parents probably do this, they're trying to give the kids the things they didn't get as a kid. Yes, yes, thinking that that will solve all, like all of your misery is tied to this idea in your head that you didn't get X. Yep. And if I give my kids X, they'll suddenly, everything's going to be okay. And here's something that that been fascinating. When I, since I launched my business, my family, a very, very close family, which sounds like you guys do as well, um, very close family. And, and they have been so supportive and encouraging, but they also like to talk business. Now, none of them have ever been in business. They've never been an entrepreneur. They've never run, they've never done anything. So their advice is always wonderful. It's amazing. It's usually way off fucking track and has no validation with the company because they don't know it. So that's one of the things you're going to experience a lot is if you do burn the bridges and run, is everybody's going to want to come up and say, and you're going to hear the things. Well, why don't you just go get a job? You know, yeah. what are you actually doing? How are you making, how can you pay your, you're going to hear it all. Yeah. And they mean it out of love, but you're hearing their own self-limiting beliefs come out just aimed at you. Do you know, I actually had a really good conversation with my mom the other day about that because we've been having a lot of tension. And I said to her, I feel like you don't believe I'm going to be okay. Like I have all these people saying, oh my God, you're so funny. And you're always, you are the same as the voice in my head that says this is going to work. And I need you to be on the side of this is going to be awesome. Keep going. Because I already have the voice in my head that tells me all the negative shit. I have a comedian brain. It's yeah. a poor brain, you know? And she said, I get that from my mom. My mom used to feel like she would tell us all the stuff she was worried about in case we hadn't thought about it. I'm like, well, you don't need to do that. I'm going to relieve you of that duty. Right. I've got it uh, in spades over here. I mean. <laughs> but it was a really good conversation about the fact that she said that was my programming. I'm doing this to you because that's my programming. And I went, okay, I get it. And I'm going to forgive you for that because I've been real frustrated about it. But I, what I want you to do is when I call you going, oh, I'm so nervous. I want you to go, you'll figure it out you've got this, you've got the answers, just go with your gut. Instead yeah. of saying, oh, maybe you should just keep your boss happy. Maybe you should. My mom said to me one time when I lived in New York City, she goes, maybe you should get a job as a secretary because there's good <laughs> benefits. And I looked at her and said, hey, when I go on Oprah, I'm not thanking you. You know, I'm like, you in me. I'm like, you're not on the list. I'm not saying that. And so now I always joke that like Oprah, Oprah's never met me, never met Oprah. But I've, I tell my girlfriends all the time, like, I feel like I owe Oprah a debt of gratitude for being that mom voice of believe in yourself. You've got this. You can do it. I know that sounds so cheesy. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So the, the one th the advice that I would absolutely give you is keep separation of church and state. Yeah. Talk to your family about the good business side of things. Love that. That's a good one. Right? Don't yeah. bring up the shit. Because in the shit, they want to give you advice that's irrelevant. Okay? Yeah. So bring up the good stuff. The second okay. thing I'll tell you is get around some serious badasses. I mean some people that are fucking, have gone through the trenches or they're in the trenches and are legitimately fighting. Not people that have burned their bridges and have created a job for themselves. 
Yes. I love that you said that because literally last night I was up thinking that I need a circle of people who have conquered this stuff and who would go, yep, go there, go there. Because I'm like, when I even looked at, at strategies for launching a comedy album, do you know how many there are out there? None. There's a million strategies for how to launch a book zilch about a comedy album. And so I, I actually took all the book strategies and just adapted it to comedy albums and thought, all right, let me just start an Excel spreadsheet for people. Okay, so my, entrepreneur, my entrepreneur brain just went off. Yes. That may be in a gap in the in industry. I think it is. It's certainly a $27 PDF where you can download that has a time. Fuck yes, it screen. is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said too. I'm like, I'm, I'm keeping records of what made the difference and where the traffic's come from. And because yep. comedians are bad business people, like you just said, you were a salesman and you weren't good at operations. Comedians are the worst. Yep. They sleep in when, when grownups are waking up. They drink on the job. Like, <laughs> they're just- You just described my entire company. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> I don't, you don't really want to be a stand-up. You just know there's no money in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since the first time you and I talked, I actually, I remember on the drive home, I was like, could I do stand? I and mean, here's the thing. I can't do a, a, a preempted speech, right? So I can't sit there. I feed off another person. Yeah. Okay. So, so I couldn't go up there. I couldn't a strong word, but I, I don't have it in me at the moment to be able to go, okay, here's my set. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, what we do, just so you know, once you're a pro or once you've reached a certain level of material, because I have like, I would say about two hours of solid material that I can draw from um, and you just pick and choose. So I know where I'm starting. I know where I'm going and the middle section is completely open. So it's wherever the spirit takes me or people in the audience or we mm. go down the road. Just like now I kind of hinted at that story that I didn't tell you about the thing I always tell seniors. Like I have all these little things and you just pull up whatever works. Well, you, you know, know, that's, that, that's fascinating because that's how I do a podcast. Right? Yeah. When I'm interviewed on a podcast, yeah. you know, people were like, dude, how do you, how do you juke and jab with a podcast host so well? And I'm like, because I know the stories, they're mine. Yeah. And I, what I've learned to do in the same way it sounds like what you've done is depending on how the crowd acts, you've changed the tonality of how you deliver or you change the moment of delivery. Totally. And so I would tell you, if you're in any business and you want to use more humor or stand up in your life, one thing you should do is start writing down your funny stories and start writing down the humorous things. I ask everyone I meet that does something different, hey, tell me a funny story about work. What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you at work? And I collect all these crazy stories of people that I think are, you know, no one, not everyone to stand up, but everyone has some goofy story about someone at work and I love them. And then what I do is I actually my poor boyfriend who's really introverted gets super annoyed. But when I am checking out at a grocery store or I meet someone or whatever, I, or when I'm in an elevator and this is obnoxious, but it really makes me laugh. My goal in an elevator is to make the other person that I've never met laugh out loud. Like you have to actually go ha like that. And then I'm like, when before the bell dings, how's that for, for a little bit psycho? That's a little, not everything. Oh, actually, uh, um, that's a new game. It's a yeah. fun game. Because, you, you know, my brother and I are, are horrible. Yeah. You know, my, our wives are always like, can't you guys ever turn it off? And, yeah. and it's, you know, ours is, you know, you give us a, a female, you know, checkout clerk or an older yeah. gal, especially, and we're in, right? Oh, you know. I know. You know what? You are my grandfather. You, <laughs> you, you're literally, because my grandpa used to, it was his personal thing. He's Alabama, in line, grocery store. He'd say, do y'all take Hawaiian money? <laughs> 
And they would go like, hang on a second and call the manager. And the guy go, it's in the US. Oh, okay. And he'd go, hmm, yes, you do. I just have a <laughs> he, he harasses and he had a little pocket picture of my pride and joy. So you want to see my pride and joy? And it was a picture of the dish detergent pride and joy. There <laughs> were my two kids and it was a picture of two little goats. I mean, he would just all the time. But it, but it, what's funny about it is it hones the skill of A, it, it, it makes you unafraid to talk to anyone. Yes. And B, it hones your skill of being able to get people to laugh really fast. And that is a skill that you can use no matter where you are. Because again, when you make someone laugh, you've raised their self-esteem, you've lowered their inhibitions, they are attracted to you, they now want to hear your next funny thing. It's crazy how that works. And in America, Americans love to laugh. You go to Germany, they don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, there's a really funny thing on this. I, I got to speak in Ireland once upon a time, and that's probably one of my funnest places to ever speak in my entire life because I, I was like, you know, couth, classy. And these guys were like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And you know, I'm up on stage. And, and so they were, they were like, you know, so I'm working on trying to get over the UK and I've got some things going on up there. I'm trying to get over there to speak because they have a whole new level of cussing. I mean, they take it to a fucking extreme, and I'm like, whole. And I've had a couple of them on the show, and I'm like, okay, there's a couple words we can't say on this show, and I'm I'm pretty much all in on everything, but you can't say the c word, and you know, leave that out, you know, because some people just totally get over the top offended by it, you know, and and you know, it's, it's so it's I'm fascinated by that. I think yeah. at some point you and I, I know you're going to come talk in my uh, uh, success champions group this Friday um, uh, coming up, but I think you and I are going to spend some time teaching this concept to a group of people of how I to use Homer in their life. I think that's going to be a fun experience. It'll be super fun. Hey, real fast. I was in Scotland walking down the street and uh, this 90 year old lady got cut off by a car. She took her cane hit the hood of the car and said, watch where you're going, you fuckwit. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a country where a 90 year old woman says, fuckwit, I want to move here. Yeah, dude, that is my people. people. They were the best. I loved Ireland and Scotland and Wales so much. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny is is I'm speaking on a stage in Ireland and usually, you know, after I come out and say where my badass is at, I I defend it a little bit. I'll come out and be like, I'm a former United States Marine. You know, this is just how we talk. Get strap it in because it's gonna be a hell of a conversation. And when I said, you know, where all my fucking badasses at, the crowd kind of looked at me. And they got a little excited. They just weren't over the top because this was normal speak for them. Yeah. Right. It this wasn't is- as shock and awe. They're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to really unleash today. You know, <laughs> it was vertical. Oh, we all laughed. And it was gonna be- right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I have to say there is something really magical. I know that one thing I loved about Ireland too and Scotland was in, I felt like in England, so forgive me, you people in London, if there's any people from London listening, when I, American in London, they were all like, you know, whatever. But as soon as you got out, they were like, oh, hello, I've been waiting for you. How are you? Oh, it's grand. Fucking you're, you're nicest people. Oh. Nicest. You felt like a celebrity everywhere you went. Kind, so, nice, funny. Yeah, dude. So we did the whole, I mean, we had the choices of trying to stay in hotels and stuff or do the bed and breakfast. We did the bed and breakfast trip because, I mean, in every morning, of course, they're cooking breakfast. That's part of their deal with bed and breakfast. But yeah. I mean, they want to sit down with you and have a conversation, you know, have a cup of coffee. And, oh, they were so, I mean, you go into the shops and yeah. they were excited. And then, of course, part of it you hear, well, tourism's like their biggest commerce, you know, so we're literally funding their company, country, but which is cool. I'm still okay. But they were genuinely yeah, they were into you. Yeah, you know, you know, it's nice. Well, you go into businesses sometimes in the states, and you are funding them too, and they look like they don't give a shit. So it just yes. feels to have someone like you. Yes. <laughs> so. So, yeah. 
Um, I did hear a, a funny thing, and this is it's tragic, and I can't believe I'm fixing to say this story, but there was a guy in Ireland that was three foot something that was dressing up in a full leprechaun outfit yeah. and co trading women for sex and all kinds of I stuff for a pot of gold at the yeah. end of the race. 200 to 300 women fell for this. <laughs> I mean, okay. Hashtag gold diggers, yeah. I mean, how... I, I feel truly, tragically sorry for those ladies. I totally am sorry. Oh, yeah, I kind of feel like, you know... Who, that, where the fuck are you in, in life where you <laughs> fall for... Fucking well, it's just so rare that somebody offers... Maybe. For me, <laughs> somebody offers me money for any of that, but a pot of gold, I'd be like, Woo! Come on! <laughs> you know, that's and, When they found him walked to his house, he had like six different leprechaun outfits because one wasn't good enough. He had to change oh. it up. <laughs> We know he did a split test. There was a lot of split testing. There was a lot yes, of yes. like Groundhog's Day, just getting the perfect formula. <laughs> I mean, did you did you come out on a Friday night and that outfit didn't work, so you just went home and changed into the you know the Saturday night outfit and changed. Got leisure wear, normal leprechaun, <laughs> and peach leprechaun. God bless him. You oh. know, hey, you know, he was using his height to his advantage. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like. If he took advantage of people who are literally mentally disabled, then I feel horrific about it. If it was just women who were like, <laughs> like, oh, then God bless them. Well, I, and, and if you read the whole article, some of the women like full on broke down and they had to really explain to them there was no such thing as leprechauns, you oh know? So, the not the game or wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Right. Uh, right. You know, Don, you asked me if I had a polarizing statement when I get on stage as a comedian. And it's really funny because, and I'm going to tell you guys this one more tip too. Actually, when I get on stage as a comedian, because I'm a woman, a lot of times people assume that a male comic is going to be funny and a female comic is going to be like, oh God, especially men will think, I don't want to listen to a woman talk for 30 minutes that I'm never going to sleep with. This is not, <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> Sign me out. You know, they're just not about it. So I find it's a tract right away. And so I call it the lovable asshole. Well, you have to make them like you a little bit before you start smacking them down because then they're like, well, it doesn't, it's not that way so much for women, but if you're going to be a dick, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome. If you're winning first or they feel like you're winking at them through your jerkery, then they're like, oh, that guy, he doesn't right. really an asshole. He's just messing with us. So as a woman, it's like, I have to sort of establish right away that it's not going to be boring. It's not going to be vanilla. You're going to have a great time and then have them like me. And then I start smacking them with the joke. So it's a little bit different. It's actually opposite than you, which is really interesting for me. No, I, I, going, let me polarize you right away. Yeah, no, I, I, I respect that because it makes a lot of sense because I know from my perspective, sitting in the audience that somebody on stage, they literally have about five seconds for me. Yes. Guy, girl, yes. I don't care. They got five seconds because yep. if, if you're not going to have, and for me, it's, it's more of like a shock and awe move. If you can't own that stage, right. I'm out. Right. And I've walked out of so many presentations because you know, they want to flip on the PowerPoint or they want to, you know, there's nothing worse than an overtrained speaker. Yeah. You ever been to, the, one of my last speeches I gave before COVID all broke loose, um, I was speaking on podcasting and the guy before me, I've known for years and he'd always been telling me, and I hadn't seen him speak in front of a crowd. And he had told me that he was, you know, doing a lot of speaker training and everything else. And dude, the minute they introduced him, his walk to the stage was scripted. Every move, every, I mean, the slides, like I mean, everything. And it was interesting because 
portion of the room was fucking in, right? That they yeah. were like, he is the, the rest of us fucking got up and walked out. You know, I mean, not all of them walked out, but some of us walked out. And it, I set myself a personal challenge. I'm like, okay, I'm following this motherfucker. Then this crowd is going to have about to go bananas. Um, so I went even over the, and I'm over the top sure. of the stage anyways. Well, so that's reading the room, right? That's, yep. that's very important. Anytime you are a speaker, you must always watch who is before you because you have to know what the audience is seeing. You have to know what mood they're in and what they need to, to flip it on. So like sometimes you get comics killing all the energy and I'll whisper to the next person on stage, I'm like, they're dying to laugh. They're waiting for you to break them open. Go now. Like, this is your moment. Because people go, sometimes go like, oh, God, the energy's falling. The energy's falling. This sucks. I'm going to suck. I'm like, no, no, no. This is setting the stage for you to just take oh, it. You know? th this, this is interesting because I tell people when they're in, on, on a stage and they, and they all of a sudden they feel the energy of the room release, fucking call it. Yeah. Stop right in the middle and go, yeah. well, I fucking suck today. So how do I ch and literally quickly change and flip the script? Because I used to teach this in sales all the time. When you're in a sales call and all of a sudden you find yourself rambling on, their eyes are glazing over, literally stop and go, all right, wow, I've been rambling on. I bet you wanted to ask me a question. Yeah. And it could instantly changes the dynamic of the, of the conversation. This is so fascinating. I love talking to you about this. We could literally talk about using humor and speaking all day long. Yeah, no, I like it. So let's do this um, in lieu of time because we're yeah, at no. the we're we're still going but um how do people if they want to see you do a, a stand-up show how do they find you okay there's a couple ways so first of all i am doing some virtual comedy if you go to day drinking with mom on facebook we actually have a couple of virtual shows they're pretty awesome because everyone's at home we're getting really good names so we have comedy central people and lots of comic standing folks and you promise you'll have a good time my facebook page is uh facebook.com wendy comedy it's wendy may on twitter and insta and all the other stuff but actually, if you go to wendymaburycomedy.com forward slash Donnie, so like how you spell his name, D-O-N-N-I-E, I'm actually going to do an exclusive track for you guys. And I was going to do one. I'm going to do two. I'm going to put two tracks off my album you can listen to for free. I'll put it up, Donnie, like two weeks or cool. you know, okay, two weeks. You can listen to it. See if you like it. So like, the, like a good drug dealer. The first one's free. After that, you got to pay. <laughs> anyway, um, See if you like it. I would love it. I would love for uh, for you to like it. And I just gave you the page instead of my uh, phone number. But there you go. So it's www.comedy.com uh, <laughs> forward slash Donnie. And there's a little button on there. You can give me your email address if you want. And I will send you newsletters and let you know when I'm in your neighborhood. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, girl, this has been a hell of a ride. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the shit yeah. out of this. Um, uh, and we'll work on putting something together to do some other stuff in this genre. Because I'm It'd enjoying be fun. it. Let us know if you like that idea. Absolutely. And and champions, when you guys listen to this, if you haven't joined us on a Champions Happy Hour next Friday, jump in with us because it's going to be a lot of fun because her and I are going to go for round two. Uh, but th <laughs> that one's going to be live with you guys being able to interact, ask questions. So I'm sure I'll be drinking, so I'm sure it'll get derailed a couple times. It'll be a lot of fun. So, well, honey, thanks so much for this. I truly, truly appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Whew. Holy hell. Dude, what an amazing ride and amazing journey. Um, you're going to have to come hang out with us as we do Champions Happy Hour in the Success Champions Facebook group. So head it over to Facebook, type Success Champions in the search bar, click on groups and come hang out as we her and I go live. It will be a phenomenal and wonderful time. So uh, I promise we'll laugh just as much as we did here. 
Um, and thank you guys. And if you got any value out of this, you know, share this with somebody else, uh, tell them how you found the show and, and thanks for always for being you, being a badass and tuning in. I really appreciate you. Talk soon guys. Later. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions networking and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.